We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're here. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Corner Podcast. Kel Dansby here with the old man, Andreas Hale. Yo, Dre, before we get to boxing, which is what this show is about today, this is the flyest fit you wore really? into the show yet. Well, you saw I'm coming from my house, so. The, look at the hoodie, bronze the bronze, yeah. with the perfect matching purple. Yeah, you know. Oh. Wait till Mania Week. <laughs> All my J's are coming out. I feel like nice. you're a kid who lays out the clothes. I am. For the first day of school. Oh, I am. You I match am. everything together. Boy, look, because I just buy clothes <laughs> and I don't go anywhere. My wife's like, why do you buy all these fucking clothes? You never go anywhere. It's like WrestleMania week. I already got my shit like meticulously laid out. <laughs> you outside? Yeah, I'm outside. <laughs> so today I had the Caleb Plant workout. So I went by Caleb's and I was like, ah, might as well throw on something real quick. I had to go talk to a few people, take my daughter to the doctor. And I was like, I'll just... It's spring break, so I didn't have to pick up my daughter. I didn't have to get up. I got up early because my son's stupid. But, um, <laughs> yeah, threw something on. I was like, and I, you know, oh, went in my closet. and got my bronze yeah, out, out of the wild. closet. And I was like, yeah, let's do this. I was like, my, my packing for Mania Week is going to be my carry-on suitcase. I'm driving, mind you. Right. It's a carry-on suitcase. Just throw in a couple of tees in the bag. Are you, is it going to be warm enough jeans. for tees? Oh, it's been raining the whole time. yeah. yeah. One I got, hoodie. I got hoodies. I got one else. hoodie, one pair of jeans. Oh, you t-shirts. That's it. And we rolling. We rolling. Shows are too LA. filthy for one pair of jeans for me. I got. A pair, <laughs> I got. A, I got a pair of something for every day. Oh, maybe maybe two in case they get blood on it. GCW. I, I just but maybe just smelly people, man. I can't wash my clothes, so I I got to change up. Nah, like shout out to Jada, who once said, "Same Tim, same jeans. All I do is switch up thermals." Yeah, I know. That's, that's, that's how you got to do it. <laughs> that's, that's, that's disgusting. That's that grimy New York that's scary. I bet you don't do that shit no more. No, nah, no. Nah, he's Every, elevated. He's popping tags on everything now. <laughs> he's elevated since then. But we keeping it. We keeping it gutter over here. Yeah. Uh, Mania Weekend is going to be so much fun. But between then and now, so much boxing it's coming fun. up. Yeah. I mean, next week, WWE is in town. Then the next night, it's Caleb Plant versus David Benavidez boxing here in town. Oh, and by the way, that Thursday NCAA tournament, Sweet 16 here in Vegas. I don't know how everything's going to fit in one weekend. No, it's no. like a Usher concert. 
Yeah, it's a lot. I, yeah. I, I don't Dre's know lineup's not bad. Dre, like Dre's, yeah. is bringing some decent names out. They're giving like the the yeah. B plus squad. Yeah, I mean it's college basketball SmackDown right before WrestleMania and Benavidez Plant, which is as every day goes by, it's like it's a big fight to me. It's like I don't understand why it's not a bigger fight, but it's one of the it's, better. It's fights a you put. big fight for hardcore fans, yeah. which I, I don't find anything wrong with. Like no, no, no. Not everything has to be a mainstream fight. Sometimes to me. I think giving hardcore fans the one that they want is uh, just as good. And Plant, of course, has more name recognition after fighting Canelo, yep. despite losing. Benavidez and Plant in the bad blood has really been pushed. I just think next week they really have to try for that that mainstream reach. Yeah. If I'm not sure what PBC has going with Fox still. I, I don't know their relationship. But I think with Mar- March Madness being a thing and all, you got to push it during March Madness. You yeah. you have to get those casual fans knowing because Caleb Plant, great guy, might get slapped again next week. You see him get slapped once. Yeah. This is real bad blood. Yeah, he really, David really doesn't like it. No, Plant and the Benavidez, what, they almost went at it. Brothers yeah. in, in the gym once, there's footage of that. Like, this has been brewing for a long, Yo, the, long time. Yo, my man bought his name David and, and sold t-shirts off com. of it. <laughs> and I asked Caleb that today, and I was like, yo, when did you buy the name? He was like, 2018. I was like, wait, what? He was like, yeah, <laughs> I bought it in 2018. I knew we were going to fight, so I've been sitting on this domain name waiting for it to happen. And, you know, it just so happens. Like, he said he sold like $50,000 worth of, of merch off of his name on that website. <laughs> He's playing smart. He's playing smart, playing man. chess, not checkers. Yeah, no. So it, it's one of those things where there's so much going on here in Vegas that it's a great time to be here. Great time to be on the West Coast. Great time for boxing. There's a lot to talk about today. We also have MMA coming up uh, later in the week, so we could preview another UFC pay per view card. So a full MMA show there. This card from London. Talk about some of the fights from last weekend. On that show, and then we'll close up the week with pro wrestling as we get a week and a half away yeah. from, or no, two, two weeks, two weeks half. away yeah. from the mania push, where there's some good things, some bad things, there's some rumors of stuff changing and people going home for God knows what. Yeah, so we'll do there's there's a lot, but we'll know a lot more about that as the week plays out. And I'm I'm sure there's going to be people ask. Yeah, we will not have a show that Thursday. No, we'll be in L.A. Yes. So I, I think our mania pre because what else is happening? Uh, Anthony Joshua and Jermaine Franklin fight on the first. Yep. Uh, Anthony Pettis and Roy Jones fight on the first. The game break card is on the first. I don't know why. I know. <laughs> I don't know. Why. I know. But we'll we'll do like a big mania preview blowout. That Tuesday, so you guys have it. And then Thursday, sorry. Yeah, no, I, to do. I think we'll probably just, yeah, do, again, huge mania show that Tuesday um, and probably drop it on Thursday while we're out there. Yeah. And then maybe that Wednesday will be like a real quick boxing and MMA mashup. Yeah. Just like, hey, well, <laughs> I guess we wouldn't have to preview a UFC card. No. So no UFC. Boxing. It's not like a pressing fight. Yeah. As soon as we get back, then it's April 8th. Yeah. And then we got more UFC. No, I mean, I guess boxing. we got to recap Benavides. Before then? Yeah, you're right. the fight would have just happened. So so you get a WrestleMania preview. Yeah, we get a short Benavides yeah. recap boxing right. show. We knocked his ass out. And a big, <laughs> big Here we go. ass 
uh, a big ass wrestling show that week. So tons of combat sports still to come. This show, like we said, boxing for this week. First, though, because I love these boxing shows for that. You had your weekly insightful music question on yes. Twitter. Wait, which one? I had two. I'm going to go. I only saw one. Right. I love the way Twitter algorithm is kind of set now. I love it. And I hate it. One, if you just go to the for you section, right. it's horrendous. Yeah. Like half of this is like, oh, these two reality people fought. The other half is Krayshawn and Blueface. And this is what people, I guess, watch on my timeline. There's like ass shaking on this side. Like it's, it's horrendous. Yeah. But if you go to the people you follow, it's actually pretty good. Yeah. So in that one, first thing I saw before I saw your tweet was the death of that piff. I heard it's not dead. It's not heard, dead. Yeah. Broke my heart for a second, though. When's the last time you used that piff? Two weeks yeah. ago? Wait, what the fuck? I tried that? two weeks ago. Oh. Last time download? I actively used it was a month and a half ago. I don't download. I just listen. Oh, so I'll man. be at the gym, and there's mixtapes on there. Yeah, yeah, you're right. That aren't anywhere else. And, like, I understand, like, when they release stuff on Apple, um, Lil Wayne's released Sorry for the Wait on Apple, I believe... Lupe has one bar exams are on Apple when I want to listen to Royce, but you got to change a lot of those beats. Whatever doesn't get cleared, yeah. sample clearance gets left off or you got to change it. They sound like butt. And it sounds horrible. <laughs> it's like so what happened to this I song? always go to the Dat Piff app, open it up so I can hear the original mixtapes. Yeah. Um, Fahrenheit 1st and 15th by Lupe, one and two. Yeah. Amazing. Revenge of Nerds is one of my favorite. Like, mm. um, yeah, one of my favorite mixtapes ever. So, just going down. Shit, I listened to Papoose mixtape the other day from like 05. I listened to Saigon. Saigiddy. Saigiddy. Listen to Saigon mixtape. And the other day, I went down a rabbit hole listening to Graph. Oh, my God. Listen to a couple Graph mixtapes. Uh, shit, what else was I playing? It's funny. My wife's in the studio here, and I was, she had to sit through all of this. J.R. Ryder. Oh, Ride, writer's God. Block yeah, mixtapes. I wasn't big on Saigon's uh, before the best story never told. Or yeah, well, whatever. the greatest story never told. Story it almost never, never got told. Yes. It took like eight years for that. But the mixtape before then, fire. So was I was Come I, On I, Baby on that mixtape? No. Never Come On Baby? Yeah, no. Nah, it was um the the nursery rhyme shit uh, yeah. that he had, nice. which which was crazy dope. Yeah. The song, like in the concept. When he when he first when he dropped Come On Baby, I remember because I was working at DX's site. I can't remember. I called Atlantic and I was like, what are y'all doing? Like, <laughs> this is a hit. Like, yeah. what are y'all doing? And then Psycho was on Entourage and then nothing happened. Nothing else. I listened at Royce, MIC Mixtape, which is my shit. Uh, back in the day for Royce. That's Angry Royce. It's, yes. not, it's not grown man. That's Malcolm X Royce. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. R.I.P. D12, what he did to them was, was shameful Rough. on that Malcolm X track. So yeah, like that Piff, I go back and actually listen to a lot of those mixtapes because they have them in their original form from like when they dropped, have been cataloging the Dat Piff. I almost had a heart attack when I saw that shit. I was like, oh no, oh no, because I was the idiot that never downloaded them. Yeah. I just listened to it in app. Best believe, once that shit gets up and running, whole side hard drive, take taking everything, whatever. And then I saw your tweet. So, again, almost had a heart attack because music. I, I could breathe. I saw your tweet. And I was stumped. Stumped by this one. 
what's the best song on an album that doesn't feature the main artist from that album? Yep. You mentioned the one, the only one that sticks out to me, which is Dear Summer, Jay-Z, on Memphis Bleak's album. Mm-hmm. It was the best song and the single, I think, off of Memphis Bleak's album. Took over New York that entire summer I was there. And to this day, I don't know the name of the Memphis Bleak album it was on. 534. It was his last album, wasn't it? Sure. I ain't hear shit after that from Memphis Bleak. I mean, it was the last song. I heard that song and I didn't listen to the album. No. <laughs> they played that shit on Hot 97 18 times a day. Yeah. Again, shout out to Lupe Fiasco, who then released Dear Fall, which is phenomenal freestyle over that shit. Yeah, I never had to listen to Memphis Bleak. No. No, nah, last time I heard it, he was babysitting Blue Ivy. I don't know if those are just jokes. But I mean, I know the guy's getting the check. I just—I always <laughs> thought Memphis Bleak was like running in the hamster wheel to keep like Rock Nation up and running. Like, please get your ass in the hamster in the, wheel. In the basement, just running. Sorry, Bleak. <laughs> it is what it is, man. Like everybody, like you just—he stuck with Jay. He's still getting money. Yeah, he's good. Him, Tata—they all good. Yeah, he just cutting a check. It, it's it's like the football teams where you just have like a director, a personnel, ops. Yeah, uh, or George Costanza. In Seinfeld? Yes. Where he was the assistant secretary <laughs> yes. to the road manager? <laughs> like, some shit that doesn't even exist. Just made it like, up. Just made him employed. Just to, just to get him paid. He, he's George yeah. Costanza right now. Yeah. But, yeah, I was like, yo, I didn't know any other songs that really stuck out. I was like, who does that? And then Drake, obviously, people put yeah, uh, uh, the Kendrick. The Kendrick song off of Drake. There is Common, uh, On My Way Home Off of Late Registration. There is that's just common, yeah. Um, well, I'll be. Oh my god, there's a bunch of them. It was uh, like I was going through it the other day. I was like listening to the to albums. I was like, hmm. Uh, Carter Four has two. Yeah, the interludes all feature, and then the end different people as Nas. Who who was on that last Nas song? Shine Buster? But that doesn't count because I think Wayne's verse is actually is on that one. Yeah, somebody pointed that out. Uh, I mean, you have to go way back. If you listen to Casual Fear itself, that bullshit had Saphir on it and Saphir alone. Um, there are there are plenty of albums that have like one art. I was just thinking about it. When I listened to Dear Summer, I was like, it's like the greatest song that was not on Jay's album. And it, it ends is. up on Bleak's album. Explosive? I, I wouldn't count anything that's a Dr. Dre album. Because that, you don't really expect Dr. Dre to rap. Like most of so the it's album- like DJ Khaled? Like any yeah. DJ Khaled song... Yeah, you don't expect him no. on there. It's like if it has to be a rapper and it's they're not rapping on their own album. Like, yes, mm. Drake did that with uh Kendrick, buried alive in the loop. But there yeah. Yeah, I had a few I had a few interesting answers. But uh Yeah, so that show I was like, yo, he so he really stumped me. Do you remember what the other that. you know so you didn't see what the other one was then? No the question. What's the best song on Illmatic? Oh, I did. I ended up what listening to Illmatic. That's that's a trick question. Every day I literally it changes. went to the gym and listened to it. Um, when I went, I was like, "All right, ain't hard to tell." It's probably the best to me. The it, best. Song. It changes, but that every time I listen, to ain't hard to tell. I'm like, God, yeah, you, breathing you the sniper's that. breath. Like my God, but then the world is your man. Life's a bitch. Like if you go down the album, this is why when people keep saying it was written was better. I don't even think we have these conversations about it was written like we do Elmatic. No, because there's no skips on Elmatic. No, none. Uh, but at the end, when I listened to it like three times in the gym that day, Life's a Bitch is the best song on the album. Well, probably the greatest guest verse ever from a guy a- that you had no, never heard of. Out of nowhere, AZ bodies that. And I listened to that song 
every year on my birthday, every single year, just because. And I've listened to it every single year on my birthday since I was 11. Because you woke up early on your born day? I woke up early on my born day. <laughs> I'm 20. It's a blessing. The essence of adolescence. See, my body's now refreshing. My physical frame is celebrated because I made it. What? That's how you got to. Just that. He puts it so perfectly. Like, the way he fits words into that, every year on my birthday, that is the first song I listen to every single year. It's an incredible song. And then, you know, people were like, yeah, it's, it's great. And I was like, y'all have to remember, Nas wrote that when he was 17. Like, I, I need you to stop making excuses for these young rappers. And he won a Grammy two years ago. Yeah. That length and longevity, that's, it's funny. Uh, I mentioned someone not too long ago when we were talking about Grammys. Mm-hmm. Ozzy Osbourne won the rock Grammy this year. Her best rock album. Really did. That longevity of Ozzy from, what's that, 70-something? When Black Sabbath come out. Black Sabbath's first album is deep. Yeah, I wasn't alive yet. Before, yeah, before, like, solo Ozzy. Black Sabbath got to be, like, 79, 80. From then to winning a Grammy in 2023. Nas is right behind Ozzy. That's it. That's the only person who's been around consistently longer with new music. And, and, and maintains dope, right? Like, Nas has had his lows. We've talked about it all the time. But from a guy who, live at the barbecue, 92? Yep. And I remember the first time, as a kid, picking up the source, and I was like, I was reading it. Because that's how, that's how I love lyrics. I read them. And if I read them, and I'm like, I can't ever think to write something like that. And then Nas's voice, I mean... Put all my words past the margin. Like, everything that Nas says, breathing a sniper's breath, or, like, you just go through the, these bars, and, like, what fucking nutso kid writes this kind of poetry, right? Like, and then it just sounds incredible. Nas's voice is unlike any other. Yeah. Anytime I bring up Illmatic, and I just listen to it, I watch people just go nuts. New York State of Mind, like, they halftime, they pick this song. Memory Lane. None of them are wrong. No, Memory Lane was so dope when I just really but I'm like, to, I hear people, time is perfect. I hear people, oh, it, it was written was better. No. At where? There, there the, is no, it ain't hard to tell on it was Even written. the people are like, Nas has be- horrible beat selection prior to Hit, Hit Boy. Yeah. But people are like, yeah, that's, that was his knock. Like, oh, he has horrible beat selection. For a long time, he kind of did. He did. Not on this album. No. There is not one track where the beat and instrumental can't stand on its own as impeccable. Like, the first time I heard It Ain't Hard to Tell was the first song off of that album. And as a kid, I was like, is that human nature? And then I was like, his large professor beat. And I was just like, oh, my God. This, is, this ain't supposed to work. At all. And it did. Oh, Nas. I still think Jay is God MC. No, I do, too. I but mean, Nas is... They're so different yeah. that I'm okay. In not many situations is a 1A, 1B. I'm okay. I'm all right if that's like a, a 1A, 1B. Yeah, as much as I love Jay, he doesn't have a nobody. No. And I love... Reasonable Doubt is phenomenal. It is, though. but it's not Omad. Nothing has changed my life like it. I've never bought an album more times than I've bought Omad. No, that's true. I can't say that I did. But Reasonable Doubt is probably second for me. I love Reasonable Doubt. Because it's that same thing. The way he just articulates it. It makes you want to go do something. Well, that's my next question. What's the best song on Reason Without? Oh, come on, man. I'll tell you my favorite, which, which is no one else's favorite. Feeling it? Cashmere Thoughts. Okay. It's my favorite. Mine is Politics as Usual. Oh. I love the dramatic sound. Wow. It's fucking incredible. Uh, 
No, the best song is The Evils. Is the best song on. I don't know why it was so hard. Best song of Reasonable Doubt is Dead The Evils. Dead Presence is pretty fucking incredible, too. Dead Presence is phenomenal. I feel like that's a lot of people's favorite <laughs> song. And Brooklyn's Finest is. That's big, yeah, that's back and forth. That and Nomadic, the two greatest uh, albums. Yeah. I, I love people who say The Blueprint is Jay's greatest oh, album. All no, this. Yeah, no. Reasonable Doubt is the best Jay Z album. Because when you go through it like that, 44 Fours, yeah. when listening to it, it's just you mean like. Or excuse me, 22 Twos. Is just like, yo, what did he just? You got to listen four times to even comprehend, like, Next level. oh, he really did 22 two. Crazy. Yeah. In every way you can spell two, he used oh, yeah. several times in that verse. It's, it's phenomenal. They're the two best rappers of all time. And no disrespect to Big Pac, those who are deceased, they didn't have this time to prove it. Um, that, that happens sometimes. Yep. You know, like Magic, Magic's one of the greatest basketball players of all time. The, the sickness cut short what could have been an even greater career. Yeah. They, he could have had seven, eight, like Jordan. Past yeah. Jordan. As, as soon as Jordan showed up, it was over. <laughs> you would think. <laughs> like, it was. Those, those teams, if he didn't get sick, I, I don't know. They were still going to finals. It's not like he wasn't. Yeah. Like Jordan, Jordan beat him for was, the first one. He was cooking everybody. Yeah, I mean. It was, there was no chance. But if Jordan still bounces, I'll tell you this much, he would have got it instead of the Rockets. Mm. Probably would have added two. Green was gone by then. Olajuwon was cooking. Then the Lakers were probably in trouble. And, and Magic was getting old. LA would have retooled. I don't know what they would have retooled around. Like that, that Orlando, I mean, that Houston team, pretty fucking good. The Houston team was pretty fucking good. Yeah, pretty fucking good. I mean, it was Hakeem and a bunch of, yeah. of really good players. I'm sorry. We, I don't want to go in too many directions, but when we have the Jordan argument, when people have that with me, then they go, well, LeBron. And I'm like, well, you do realize Jordan was the best player in the league full of centers. Like, Bill Cartwright, Will Perdue was Jordan's centers. Meanwhile, you had Patrick Ewan, Dikemi Mutombo, Hakeem Olajuwon, David Robinson, uh, Rick Smith, the Duncan Dutchman. Jordan didn't have a fucking center. (laughs) He did all of this with, you know, later he got Robin and Horace Grant, but... Zoe was playing at a high That's, level. I'm saying Shaq. I'm, I'm, Jordan abused the league when a prime position was center and he didn't have one. And didn't you? Sh- It'd be different if he was like, I'm shooting threes all the time. Nah, I'm cooked, not going down there. He just cooked everybody. Yeah. That's he's still on the paint. He's, he's the goat. So anyway. Yeah. I'll be here all night. <laughs> We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
switching that over to boxing, which we're supposed to be talking about right now. We'll recap last week's fight because that's the most, I guess, poignant thing that has happened since our last boxing show. And then we'll talk about some of the announcements uh, before we get out of here. But last weekend, Tim Zhu in Australia, we have Tony Harrison, who's good, who pushed a, the champ, Jermel Charlo. One beat him, came back, won a hell of a fight, got knocked out. Charlo then went against Castaño twice, where he had a draw and then knocked out Castaño. He's really good in, in rematches, I guess. Yeah. But it's one of those things where this was the toughest test by far for Tim Zhu. He's only 27, 28. Mm-hmm. And to many people, Tim Zhu is just Costa Zhu's son. Like, that, that is who he is. Yeah. And that was... Uh, much like Connor Ben, who we'll talk about a little later. But it's like, your dad is that guy. And it's like, all right, Tim Zhu. And then he goes out there against Tony Harrison and answered the question of, when the competition gets better, how do you get? And what he did to Tony Harrison, night and day different than what Charlo was able to do to him. Yeah. Now, maybe he's not the same fighter since. He has now become a trainer. He's one hell of a trainer. Alicia Baumgartner's career has taken off. Yep. She is undisputed. He pours a lot into that. It's not singularly focused on Tony Harrison, the boxer. Right. But still, he, on what is not a short notice fight, a fight he didn't have to take after Charlo gets hurt, to say, yeah, I'm not taking an easy touch. I'm going after the second ranked guy in that division, I believe, still, Tony Harrison. Like, yeah, no, I'm going to beat him and then prove a point and then still go after Charlo. He walked Harrison down all night. Harrison couldn't get off of the ropes, back to the ropes the entire time. Harrison's jab looked cool, but no power punches to speak of. And Zoo broke him down methodically until he stopped him. It looked eerily reminiscent of what, without the shiftiness, what Triple G used to do to opponents. Just, I'm going to come forward. You can hit me, maybe. Good luck, because I'm coming. And it's like a snowball. It just it keeps getting bigger and bigger as it goes down. And I, like, we were in the group chat, and I was like, yeah. This ain't going the distance. I said I was like nine. Like that round nine, he's going to realize that like, Tony's got nothing left. You said that like round two. Yeah, I saw because like, you could see it coming. It was one of those things where Tony's, he's working the jab. It's a small ring, right? So Tony takes two steps. He's immediately got his back on the ropes. So he's thinking, all right, I got to fire my jab to keep this guy off me. Now, if I throw the right hand, he's coming back quick. Like, Tim Zhu's not fast, but his timing is very good. And Harrison just couldn't keep him off him. As, the, as it got closer... As you could tell, like, Tim was like, let me conserve my gas tank because Tony fades late. All of his stoppages were late. He fades late. He just kind of waited on him. And then I think it, it might have been, it was round two or three where, where Tim Zhu hit him with a right hook and Tony's eyes, like, they got real big. I've seen people get hit over the years, and I know that look. <laughs> that look is always like, yo, like, what the fuck was that? And you can see Tony's corner. His corner's talking to him. He's still trying to register, like, how hard this guy hits. The things the boxers don't like to talk about is how hard somebody can punch until, like, much later in their career. Yep. They won't admit it. But you, the eyes never lie. Gabe Rosado did the same thing when he fought Triple G. He was like, I've never been hit like that in my life. It's just, it's like a blunt instrument that keeps pounding at you. And it's not like Tyson where it's one punch that puts you away. Benavidez kind of has this as well, where guys get hit and they're like, all right, this is mounting up. But Tim is like, he hit him with that right hand. Tony was like, I don't want this anymore. But he had to fight. Much to his credit, he continued to fight. He just, he, there was nothing he could do to keep that man off him. 
I talked to Sean Porter yesterday. I was on his podcast. Make sure you guys check that out, the Porter way. Uh, but I talked to Sean yesterday, and he said the day of the weigh-ins, he talked to Tony's camp. They're like, yeah, we negotiated 24, 24 by 24 ring. You're going to have plenty of time, plenty of space. You, could, you know, keep them at the end of the jab, move around. I guess they showed up the next day. The shit was like 19. <laughs> 19 or 20 by 20, and he was on the ropes. I was like, I don't know what I would do either. I would, like, I would. if that was my whole game plan, it'd be like, yo, we negotiated, and you show up, you'd be like, um, it's small. you're not going to not fight. No. So it's like, I guess we're going to make the best of it. And there was no plan B. No, the, the, there was nothing he could do. There's, there are situations where you have a plan B, and then you try it. But there was, this was a fight where he realized very quickly, there's nothing I can do. Like, my whole game plan is surrounding this jab and then setting him up. And then if I can keep him off me and keep range, I can win at a distance. That's what Tony Harrison does very well. He wins at a distance. But when you got a guy that's just kind of, he's not even plotting. It's like a boogeyman effect. It's like you hit me. It's like, all right, cool. And Tim immediately realized, he was like, oh, he can't hurt me. Cool. I'm just going to keep pressing. And pressure is exhausting. And you can watch in a lot of fires because when they try to circle off, they try to use their footwork to get away. And Tim... It's not incredible footwork, but it's footwork that it makes the ring smaller yeah. as he, he moves side to side. Like, his lateral move is not incredibly great, but it does just enough to keep Tony cornered. And it was like, by round six, I was like, yo, this, he's done. This fight's never going the distance, but nine. I was like, there's no way he's going to crank it up and he's going to get him out of here. Tim Zhu is a scary fighter. Yeah, and a lot of people, that's the thing I feel about Australian fighters is that they're kind of hidden fighting down under, right? Like, you see highlights, a little package here and there. But really, a lot of people don't pay attention no. like that to their careers. And a lot of boxers don't. Their, their trainers could watch some film or... And you don't even have an abundance of film. It's like in, in football, I remember playing teams like out of district is what it is. In district, you have like handshake deals and shit. So they send you their film. They send you some teams that have, like, all 22 camera, which is, like, above. Like, coaches trade film the week of. It's, like, gentlemanly. So you have their last three games, four games. You can break down film. You give them your best film. Out of district, you got no deal. Right. So you're trying to wheel and deal and find tapes here or hit up a different coach they may have played. Or you get some grainy-ass film from, like, a Bishop Gorman scrimmage from a year and a half ago. So you're trying to break down. It's not really a good indication of what you may get. And when you have fighters in Australia, it's different. The UK is, you see a lot of those guys. Yeah. Match room, all this. You have those relationships. Australia is still kind of in a box in terms of boxing. So when we see a guy like Jeff Horn against Pacquiao, yep. you really don't know what he is. And if you did see stuff, the competition is so different that you can't even get an idea of how good they are, right. what their game plan would be, because they're just steamrolling people. So you get in there, you'd be like, this guy's overhyped. He ain't fought nobody. But maybe he's not. Or you underestimate him, or you just didn't see how he would react against someone who's great. So Jeff Horn gets that against Pacquiao. But then we see Terrence Crawford, after he sees a comparable oh, yeah. opponent, got, it. got film, runs through him. Yep. Then we have George Cambosis, who fought, and he, I get it, he's gone. He's kind of a nomad fighting everywhere around. But still being in Australia, people weren't paying attention. No. And then Tio was like, oh, this guy sucks. Just another mandatory. Boom, beats Tio. 
But then Devin Haney comes, similar opponent. Okay, now I can really see what he did to Theo, what he didn't. Devin Haney steams rolls. So there's kind of like that, that cool effect of, yo, I really don't know what he has. The best thing for Charlo, granted the injury still is like a little worrisome. He has to get healthy. Hand injury is always weird. But Charlo being on commentary oh. and forced to see an entire fight against an opponent, you know what this opponent is, and really getting to see what Tim Zhu does is the best thing that could have happened for him, could have happened to Derek James, that whole camp. Because if not, Tim Zhu could have crept up and surprised him like he just did Harris. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, there's a reason why Charlo was so quiet on commentary. It wasn't because he didn't have nothing to say. He was, he was really studying. He was Processing. Like, He's like, there's, there's a lot going on here. It's like real subtle things that Tim Zhu does very well. And it's, it's the power. It's something he's got to worry about. Now, obviously, Derek James is watching this fight. He was like, all right, it's a real test, right? And he passed with flying colors. And he beat the brakes off of Tony Harrison. Charlo's going to go into that fight the favorite. I fully expect that. Charlo is one of those guys who I say this all the time. He fights to the level of his competition. The Castano fight is a perfect example of that, where he went in the fight probably thinking, ah, I got this guy. Then he had a tough fight. Then the rematch, he beat, knocked him out. Yep. He's going to come in this fight fully prepared. He should be the favorite. The only problem that I have is that he hasn't fought anybody quite like this. And it's, it's very, I'll be, again, just like Tony Harrison, I don't think Charles is going to realize how hard Tim Zhu hits until he gets hit. And then does, he, does Derek James know exactly how to adjust? Because you got to know, as a trainer, when your fighter gets hurt, it's a new set of rules yep. in the corner. It's like, all right, all that shit we talked about in the first round, the fuck out of there. Like, get out of that phone booth. Do not exchange. But you got to have a plan B to pick them off. Can he do it? Yeah. It's just, I've always said the same thing about the Charles. I think they're really good fighters, but I think they think they be- they're better than what they are. And be- when they do that, it allows them to fight at a lower level. But I think after watching this, it's almost a blessing in disguise now because Tim Zhu might have caught Charles slipping in January. Yeah, I, I think he would have. Now, yeah. you look at Jamel. Kudos to him, though. I mean, can't say it's the same necessarily about Jamal. He hasn't had the same chances, I don't think. But Jamel doesn't duck anybody. Not many fighters would look and be like, yo, you know what? This really tough 27-year-old from Australia, I'm going to fight him. Because once you're undisputed, you're undisputed. Yeah. Other fighters be like, yeah, Josh Taylor. I'm going to drop that belt. I'm going to drop this belt. I damn sure I don't need to pay all these sanctioning fees. I'm, I'm, what do I owe anyone? I've, I've accomplished that. I can move up. If I don't want to move up, I can have one belt, yeah. one mandatory and chase money fights. Because he easily could have dropped three of the belts, kept one, and Charlo could have fought Danny Garcia. Yeah, but called I, it a day. I think it's smart because they're in this weird spot. You look at the Charlo guys, they're, they're two like, good looking dudes that could be very marketable, but for whatever reason, they're not. And Part of it is I make a lot of money. I don't have to do anything else. But there's a part of them that you can see. It's like, but I want to be the best. So you can't. They, they're on social media. They pay attention. If Charles didn't fight Tim Zhu, he would have been all over, especially after this fight. Yeah. It would have dogged him. Don't run from that man. Charlo is not too happy with uh, my place of employment and our pound for pound list. He's never happy. No. They always want to be like top five. Yep. And I, I understand, like... Belts don't equate to pound for pound. No, it's not how this shit works, yep. right? It's like, it's your level of competition. So you, you had fought. a draw and a loss in your last four fights. Yeah, you can't... No. 
do better. And yeah. it's not disrespect. It's like the other guys are better. It doesn't mean you're bad. Nobody's ever said you're a bad guy. He's like player. 11 or 12 on my list. He's close. Yeah. But you got to beat a Tim Zoo. That would help. You know, you, and you have to look really good doing that. And then you got to make a decision. Do I move up with my brother? Like, do we both move up? Let's make some decisions here to be the best in the world. Because right now, yeah, you're sitting, you're on the outside looking in. Meanwhile, Devin Hayes fighting Lomachenko. Guess what? Two pound for pound guys. Score Stevenson, he's angling himself to get in one. The winner of Tank and Ryan Garcia, probably going to land on the pound for pound list. Probably. Like, you can't fight. You can fight your mandatories, but that guy's your mandatory. Teofimo probably works his way back in there. Josh Taylor's on the pound for pound That's list at saying. like seven. He's, if he beats Josh, not that, that, not that he's going to, but if he did, fight. he just dropped down off of one fight. He'd be right back up there too. That, that's, it's like you got to fight what's in front of you and you have something to prove. Like they all have something to prove. So they can't rest on their laurels and think, oh man, because I got all these titles. Everybody loves me. Dog, don't nobody care about them titles. Not at all. Ryan and Tank are fighting for nothing. Yeah. I mean, and, and historically it sounds great. And I, I like people pushing to be undisputed. Yeah. But it's also how'd you get there? Yeah. Like, as no, much that you got there. Dog, if you were an undisputed champion and I can't name any, again, I say this all the time Adrian Broner won titles in multiple divisions. Who'd he beat, guys? Gavin Rees? Yeah. Who'd he beat? In five years, John Molina? no one's going to remember who. But they're like, he's a... Be. I mean, Glass Malone argues with me this all the time. Like, he won... Look, if, I, if, if there's a bunch of bums that got titles, and I go after them, that makes me great? No, that's not how this shit works. No. Floyd fought everybody. I makes you opportunistic. Yeah. <laughs> picking your spots. And it's like, I, I can't go for that. So, Charlo and Zoo, hopefully fighting Vegas, hopefully later this year. The Vegas calendar starting to pick up. Yep. Um, good. I know they love fighting on uh, Juneteenth. Yeah, well. Uh, I think the other Charlo might be fighting on Juneteenth again this year. I, um, I mean, I hope they're fighting on Juneteenth for the right reasons. I, I hope mean, they're, they're not. They're from Texas. It's like a Texas thing. Is it? I mean, it was for a second. I, like Now it's like national know. like consciousness behind I mean, it's, it's, it's a real holiday now, right? Yeah, but I know like back in the day, like people who actually celebrated for like dumb long, yeah. a lot of like the state of Texas were, was having Juneteenth hey. celebrations when no one else was. If you're good enough to do it and make it your Cinco de Mayo weekend, go be for smart. it. Yeah, they just got to be active yeah. first and foremost to do it. Yeah. Can't fight every other Juneteenth. Right. Like that shit ain't building nothing. Real quick before we wrap up boxing, let's go through some of these announcements that have happened this past week. We have what looks like Fury and Usyk locking that down. For April 29th, Fury said he's deactivating social. He's going into camp. He was really the only side holding it up. He made Usyk acquiesce to a shit ton in these last, what, 72, 96 hours? I, I don't like how Tyson Fury carries himself on social media. I don't like this. I think it's... That's who he is as a person. I know. And it's <laughs> whack. Like, it's like, Alexander Usyk has basically said, every, okay, okay, yep. belly, to everything. And you're still playing games. And it's a part of me that makes me wonder, like, is it done? Because April 29th is right, right on the corner. Yep. And I know you're banking on, how, you know, Wembley and all this, but you have Ryan and Tank the week before. The week after, we'll talk about that fight, Canelo and John Ryder, which... Whatever, it's a shitty pay-per-view, but the zone does what the zone does. And there's a UFC pay-per-view that same weekend, yep. too. 
I don't think that'll hurt his market. I don't think I don't think it's gonna be a big pay-per-view. Right? Like it's a bit if I had to choose for us? not for y'all, I'm talking about for a fight fan. If I got money, if I got a hundred dollars, that's how much these damn pay-per-views cost. And I gotta pick a pay-per-view, I'm watching Tank and Ryan. It's like twenty-five in the UK, they're gonna do numbers. Yeah, that's great. But I'm talking about in the States. Yeah, in the States, no, they're they're happy taking whatever you give them from the States. Yeah, I just I don't like I like, they should have got this thing done so they could do a promo run, something. The question becomes, if you would have taken three months, four months to do a promo run, if you would have acquiesced to the other pay-per-views already around you, right? If you have done all that, how much more would the pay-per-view have sold? A couple hundred thousand, maybe? No. <laughs> it's po- Dude, this, I, think, I think this... I think Tyson Fury recognizes when Usyk beat Anthony Joshua... That, you know what? As great as a fighter, he's not stupid. He knows Usyk is a great fighter. He's going to train like he is a great fighter. How do I sell this fight? Because this guy is nice. He's, you saw if you just play that game, the respect game with Anthony Joshua, it's like, that's not going to sell a fight for me. I don't think Tyson Fury ever thought, regardless of belts, that this was going to be a big fight for him. That's why I don't think he rushed to get it. But yeah. these joking, clown shit, all this stuff, the spectacle, is just him trying to sell the fight and drum up interest. I don't think it's working. No, it, it brought out the best side of Alexander Usyk. Because he's still not going to, like, dirty like dirty trash talk you, right? No, he doesn't. English is not his first language. No, it very but it's great the way he does trash talk. Yes. Belly. Greedy belly. Signed contract. I, I love that shit. Everyone loves it. Fury brings that out with these antics. And uh, let me be clear. Not a couple hundred thousand. I think it hurts it by like 20-25%. Doing on on April 29th between two pay-per-views, I think it hurts his buy rate. Yeah, I, I think, honestly... I don't even know if it does a couple hundred thousand pay-per-views. How about I, that? I don't know. I think 200, 250 is probably like where it lands in a sweet spot, which isn't astronomical. It's like a third of what he did with Wilder um, in both fights, I think. These last two. The other one got closer to a mill. The second one. Yeah, it was nothing around it, too. Yeah, the second one got yeah, closer Super Bowl to a mill. Promo. This last one, they said, uh, flopped a little bit in their standards. But Yeah, nobody really asked for the third fight. It ended up being the best one. Yeah, it was amazing. And I think that one still did like 700, 750. This will do a third of that. Maybe. But Tyson Fury... Got the money he wanted, got it guaranteed, got it signed on dotted line. He got his opponent to take 30% so he could make up. You say what you want. It should have been a 50-50 split. At best, the other guy got three belts and is undefeated in yeah, two divisions. Don't care about it should have been a 50-50 split. Yeah. He got that to come off of 70-30. He'll go fuck what the pay-per-view say. He made up his pay-per-view revenue from a 50-50 split twice over by getting the other guy to take 70-30. I mean, yes. I mean, me and you could be paying for it, and he'd be fine. Yeah, I, I get it. I just don't like how he handled the business. That said, I mean, again, in the I, end it worked. I believe it when it gets announced. Um, I think we'll see that uh, very it, soon. They I better think. hurry up. It, like, um, the sanctioning bodies felt good enough that no one was ordered as mandatory. Everything was yeah. taken off the table. I think the public posturing—it's tough for maybe his management. Usyk's management is clearly like riled up and shit. I think it's just that. Like, I don't think Tyson Fury was walking away from this. I think the venue was held for a reason. They would have liked Middle East money. Maybe the 
you know, jack up the, the guaranteed purse a little more. But when it wasn't, Middle East money, he, he wanted 70-30 so he could get closer. The man got what he wanted. Now it's time to lock in, and now you got to deliver. Yeah, you better deliver. Don't fuck around and lose. No, I, I think now it's time to take it seriously. and I, it's, it's time for the legacy, for everything else. You want to be one of the greatest heavyweights ever. This is what makes you that. If the guy is a gap-tooth middleweight, then you go out there and make sure yeah, you treat him like yeah. a, a gap-tooth middleweight. Yep. And you better be in shape and be ready to go. Uh, next fight, it is official. Devin Haney, Lomachenko, May 20th. Vegas. Vegas. My hey. birthday weekend here in Vegas. That is an incredible fight. People are sleeping on Loma. They, for, they so forgot who he was. Much. He didn't look great in his last fight. No. But he come from war. Right. Like, yo, you would look great too if <laughs> yeah. he was out there, you know, defending your home country from a tyranny. Uh, but, like he was eating good. Like you, you eating good in the front lines of Ukraine. Right. I think, I mean, I think right now Devin should be the favorite, a very slight favorite. Because I'm very curious how Loma's going to deal with that jab for 12 rounds. It's a, it's a very good jab. Loma's, like, the way he's small. That's the other thing. He's small. Yes. His footwork is still some of the best in boxing. But he's going to have to get around a long jab for 12 rounds and figure out how to put together combination punches. And it's not like, I've said it all the time, it's not like Devin's invincible. We've seen Devin get buzzed a bit. Devin can get, he can leave that jab out there a little long to get countered. But I think it's an incredible fight because the, re- the reason what makes it, the positioning of it, it's a month after Tank and Ryan. And it's like the winner of this fight is like, let's start negotiating. Yeah, no, not so fast. It, not so fast, but Shakur fights April 8th as well. well that's what I'm saying. Like, He's all putting these, in everybody's the in this, this, this conversation now. Uh, also, I hate rematch clauses. I think they're stupid. I think the dumbest thing you can do. Because, I'm not, I don't know if this fight has one. No, not this fight. I'm thinking, I was talking about Tyson Fury, the one he was talking about this rematch oh, yeah. clause stuff. Yeah, I think he dropped that. I don't like uh, Tank having a rematch clause. Yeah. It's, it's whack. Like, if you lose, like, we'll talk more about Tank and Ryan's. I hate explosive. immediate rematches. Come back. Go win. Well, not even that. Come back. I don't, if nobody asks for it, I don't want it. Yeah. Right? Like, if you have a really good fight and the public demands a rematch, sure. But to only have one side to get in a re- media rematch, if you lose, you're whack. Yep. If Ryan was to go blow Tank out and he gets a rematch, that's not. For what? Yeah, it's like, go, to, go do something else. I hate it. But in the case, so. That could hang up things, but depending on who wins, Ryan Tank, Shakur, Devin, Loma. This all gets very interesting. And how many of them go up to 40? Yeah. I mean, I think... Reach's progress hanging around. Like, who wants to fight me? Yep. I think that'll probably be Ryan's fight when he goes up to 40. I think him and progress have a date. I think um, then you have Haney when he vacates and goes up to 40. There's belts he can grab. I believe fairly quickly, maybe one or two, he becomes immediate if he beats Loma. Tough fight. It's one of those things like, do you want to stick around for Shakur? Like, Javante kind of, (laughs) no matter what happens in the Ryan fight, he becomes champion as soon as Devin vacates. Yeah. Full on champion. So he has his belt. Shakur is a number one contender as long as he handles business on the eighth, he can get a belt. And then those two can kind of just belt chase. Unless Keyshawn Davis works his way up, he grabs a belt. There's a lot of money Um, to be made too. You know, oh, there's a ton. There's another Showtime kid at 135. His name escapes me right now. But um, he's in position to go and try to like get one of the belts. So a lot of good fights. A lot of good fights out there for 135. Devin can hang around if he wants some more money. Yeah, he's going to move up. 
I think his body did squeeze that. Him squeezing in the 35, like you can watch him. He's, he's looking tougher and tougher. Yep. So I, I think he should. Do it while you become mandatory as soon as you move on. Yeah. Don't fuck around and lose your belts and then have to work your way up like Tio. Go fight. If, if Tio beats Josh Taylor, go right after Tio. You can. I, I would go and grab one of the other belts first because you can grab whatever you want. Yeah. And when you have four, you can become you know, number one anywhere else. You remember they were talking shit to each other? Yeah. You know, I, I, I think you, you grab a belt, let him have a belt, you unify. Big, big pay-per-view there. One belt matters a lot. I'm not sure how much four belts matter. As long as you are a champion, you're doing all right for yourself. And then, real quick, we'll touch on this because these are the reports out by Mike Coppinger from ESPN. Pacquiao, Connor Ben in talks. Pacquiao is coming out of retirement, 44 years old, no matter what. He is going to fight someone. Connor Ben is his talks right now for a possible fight on June 3rd. Is he broke? Saudi Arabia. This is so different than Floyd. He's bored. How bored can you be? Because at 44... I lost the presidency bored. Yeah, like at 44, you lost your... Den- I mean, at 42, you lost your Dennis Hugas. Granted, Hugas, I always said it. That's a tough fight. Yes. He lost it. Conor Ben might be an easier fight, but, you could, but Conor Ben can crack too, mm-hmm. which makes this complicated. Because I don't know what Benny Pacquiao's punch resistance is at 44. Like, all the in-and-out movement. None of that shit worked on Ugas. Granted, Ugas is a tricky Cuban. Hopkins looked good until 48. I don't think Manny takes care of himself like Bernard Hopkins. Like, Bernard was a different beast in the gym. And also, Bernard's style was conducive to lasting long. Very economical with his punches, defensive-minded first. Manny Pacquiao's never been defensive-minded. No. His offense is his defense. And against Conor Ben, depending on how, if, how Ben approaches this fight, he's going to try to test Manny's chin quick. He's going to go right after it. Could work out. Could end in his demise. Should make for a fun fight. But, uh, yeah, sure. All right, Manny. Like, yeah, no, If I was Manny, I would have went to 140. He's, he's always small. Always small. At least you have a, a decent size range. Because Ugas just, his length, his size yeah. really bothered Manny. Give yourself, like, a better chance. Manny's not, like, the older guy who bloats up. and like, have, He's now at the point where it's the Frankie Edgar, where you go so long in your career. You kind of start shrinking yeah. more than you expand. So it's not like he can... I think he'll make easier weight at 140 than he probably would have five years ago. Because yeah. his body's coming back down to the norm. So I, I think I would have went there. Regis Prograis, who's a free agent. It's probably a, a big fight. You could have had that yeah. in Regis Saudi. might have fucked him up. Maybe. Any more than Conor Ben's big ass? Yeah, Regis, Regis can really... He can crack. Yeah. Regis ain't one-punch power. Regis is like... Mm, can be. Y'all, y'all gonna stand and trade. I mean, him and Josh Taylor were... Listen, we gonna punch each other until somebody goes and nobody went. So it's it's one of those where I would have I took Regis. It's, it's, it's tough. But Manny coming back. All right, cool, whatever. Um, This weekend, last one, Zerto. No, there's one more. Canelo. Fighting John Ryder. Oh, Canelo, John Ryder. On the zone pay-per-view. Single to Mayo weekend. Yes. Uh... This is <coughs> Russell Westbrook from three <laughs> status. These, this shit is going to brick. It's not going to be great. No, it's going to be bad. It's not, gonna be, it's not even, it's not going to be remotely good. But I mean, how many pay-per-views do they have to sell? They had no pay-per-views like two years ago. I mean, everything's a net listen, positive. Listen, to charge $200 a year for a subscription and charge me for a pay-per-view for a fucking Canelo and John Ryder. Yeah, you're getting a bit greedy to zone. Yeah. How dare you? But how they, they're not staying afloat. And I've said this before, they're terrible at marketing in the States. Yes, this is fights in Guadalajara. It's John Ryder. for it. I know. It's against John Ryder who, like, people are like, who? So you got a UK guy versus a Mexican. 
and you're trying to sell it in the States. And if you do Tyson Fury and Usyk and you do Tank, and well, Tanking Garcia's done, I ain't got no money for this shit. Nah, you're on the back end. Yeah, I'm of good. When people spend their money. You better pray I bootleg this fight. <laughs> so I have somebody talking about this shit on social media. Yeah, no, nah, it's tough. Guadalajara is not like the tourism capital of Mexico. No, nah. uh, I looked at it. I was like, oh, I don't think I'm covering that fight in Mexico. And, and, and to make no. matters worse, like this is not, I'm not mad at Canelo for this. I feel like after the Bival and Triple G fights, it's okay. You want to d- get John Ryder out the way. That's fine. But the zone making this a pay-per-view is a problem for me. It's like, Canelo's going to fight on pay-per-view every time they fight. But that, that, remember, I was there. That's not what we sold people. Nope. No pay-per-view. Death of the pay-per-view. Yeah, Rocky Fielding, uh, like you went down to Calum Smith. They were all free with a subscription that was no higher than $14. Sir, they're putting AJ versus God knows who on pay-per-view. Well, I mean, AJ, Jermaine Franklin is on the zone property. Is it? Yeah, it's pay-per-view in the UK, but it's the zone property. Okay, good. And it should be. I yeah. mean, just lost back-to-back fights. Maybe Canelo one should be free then. But yes, like nobody's paying for this. I got $70 to watch Canelo beat up a guy that most people haven't heard of. I, I've seen John Ryder fight. He's not that good. No, he's not that great. And Canelo's going to beat the He kind of got over. this position off of technicality. Yeah. For a cut. And you're going to try to make some money off of this? And again, DAZN's charging $200 annual subscription now. It used to be $99. They doubled it. Yep. They doubled it for less fights. I just tried to watch Diego Pacheco in a main event on DAZN. Brandon Callum Smith got hurt, but I'm like, yo, this is what I'm paying for? Yep. Virgil Ortiz is there. Ryan's not. That's his own pay-per-view. Yep. Who's left? Oh, the fight we're about to talk about. Yep. Zerto and goddamn Gabe Rosado. And Gabe Rosado. It's a good which, fight. I mean, Gabe's always a good fight. Gabe is that guy. <laughs> He's that guy, if, you, if you're not careful, you get beat. Yeah, like, the zone's definitely cutting him the check no matter what happens this weekend, where he's going to fight Berlanga. Like that's his next fight. MSG, Ooh. Edgar Berlanga, Gabe Rosado. Matchroom better pray that Berlanga pans out. Oh, uh, I know, I know, but I'm just saying, they better pray because if you're looking at what Caleb Plant and David Benavides, and you think you can put your guy in there with him, you better straighten up quick. David Benavides, I keep talking about David. Well, he ain't signed to the PBC, and that's the best thing he could have made in his career. They would just send him out there to get beat up. Yep. Well, they would have built him up a little bit more. And then they was it was like, hey, Fat Joe, you want to walk him out a few more times? Do lean back, get Remy Mile here too. Yeah, but and now we're gonna send you to get murdered. At least match where you can be like, oh, wrong side of the street. Yeah, you can do that. You can. You, that's what I'm saying. Like you have to build him, and then you got to send him at the right time because the zone Golden Boy has been holding Jaime Munguia hostage forever. Now Oscar, I got to talk to. I think I talk to Oscar tomorrow about Munguia is ready for Charlo. Like, uh, he was ready to fight him. Like. Three years ago. <laughs> like, the fuck are we waiting for? Yep. Like, stop sitting on these fighters and then making people pay $200 subscriptions. Ugh. It's, it's an odd business model. So we'll see how everything pans out this weekend. Again, we'll make some boxing a little bit next weekend. Make sure we recap this fight, any other major announcements. But next weekend, it, you know. It's all plant benefits, baby. All plant benefits. I'm so excited for that fight. Oh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be great to talk about that. And prepping for pro wrestling and everything. Um, WWE's in town. So it's going to be a crazy weekend. But Tuesday, we're kicking off with a recap show of this. And we'll also have a recap of the UFC pay-per-view. So in the ground running to start next week as well. We appreciate you all. Two more shows coming this week. MMA on Thursday. Pro wrestling on Friday. Make sure you guys check both of those out. For everyone here at Blue Wire Studios, for myself, 
Old Man Andreas Hell. Follow us on all social media platforms. Just check out for the corner. You guys can Google it. You know what the spiel is by now. We appreciate you all. Till next time, we're out. Peace. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.